What's going on, everybody? This is Heath, and I'm here with Steven. This is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. We want to take a second to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. We're putting out a lot of great content. Steven, we got a great, great episode. We do. I'm very excited. Very excited. We are interviewing Antonio Coleman, Sarah Land defensive tackle. He's rated the 70th, ranked 70th in the nation from 247sports.com. He's yeah. got nine, I think, D1 offers, the seventh best D lineman in the country. We're super excited about this interview. So let's just get right into it, Stephen. All right, we're back. We're here with Antonio Coleman, Sarah Land defense alignment, one of the top defense alignments in the country, rated seventh in the class of 2025 in the country with defense alignment, rated 70th overall. How you doing, Antonio? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, sitting around waiting on baseball. Yeah, Sarah Land made the playoffs. They're playing Spanish Fork game three. We're not going to try to keep you too long. We just got some quick questions, and we'll just hop right into it. Last year, winning yeah. the state championship, can you tell us what that was like? It was like a dream. Uh, Ryan Williams, he had an outstanding game. Uh, I feel like me personally, I uh, – me and the defensive lineman, we held held our gap gaps great for our, the linebackers to uh, make plays. It was just a teamwork, like it was just a great experience. Like and for it to be for us to bring back the first blue map is just ten times better. Now, is that the first since you've been playing? Is that the first championship team you've ever been on a part of? Uh, part ball. I actually was a part. I played for eight ball. We won four youth bowls, but uh, last year was my first year playing varsity on a varsity level football, and yes, that was my first year winning a state map. Okay, we have on here, what is your best team memory, but also, obviously it's probably winning the state championship. So what is your best personal memory as far as maybe a game or a play? You sacked quarterback, had a multiple sack game. What would you say is your best personal memory so far playing ball? My best personal memory is when when we were second round, uh, Theodore, uh, I came I came off and it was a stretch play, uh, with Brayden Jenkins. He uh ran to the right and I got him, I tackled him uh for a tackle for loss, and I got up and I did a celebration, a high step, and it was just like like the moment just it was just great and uh. So Isaiah Bowie, he was jumping all over me. Jimmy was jumping all over. Me. It was just, it was just great because it was just like we lost the first, we lost the first game. So we came, we came back ten times harder the second game. Yeah, and we were actually both, we were at both of those Theodore games, and I remember that exact play you're talking about. Can you talk? You you mentioned a little bit, but what was that loss like? That 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 environment for that first game at Theodore was insane. It was the craziest environment I've ever seen for a high school game. What was it like playing in that game, and then for y'all to lose, and then bounce back, like you said, playing them again to beat them? I mean, I mean, I feel like everything happened for a reason. So, uh. What it was like, it was it was just basically like I mean we was winning a lot, so it was just like we had to be humble. So when we got humble, uh, that next following Monday come to practice, it was just like we got too comfortable, and you always got to stay uncomfortable. That's what uh, Coach Kelly always tell me, and we got to always stay hungry. So I, I just knew that we 
the next time we played them, we had to give it all we got uh, and stay uncomfortable and never get because we was winning so much, we was just comfortable even. But we 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 got our butts into us uh, the first game and we came back out there and we uh, did vice versa to them. Absolutely, and like he said, we were both at that game. Crazy atmosphere. Absolutely enjoyed watching y'all play. So what's it like, you know, you're the anchor. Do you, do you take a leadership role on that, de- not just the defensive line, but the defense as a whole, kind of rally the guys and be that vocal leader along the defensive line and just, just to everybody on that team? I mean, I feel like everyone takes kind of a leadership role because uh, we're all the same age. So, but – as far as the defense alignment, uh, it's me and Jermaine and Jimmy. All, all is we're, we're best friends, so it wasn't really a leadership role. It was just like, hey, uh, if I see you slacking, we gotta, we gotta pick it up. We weren't really, is it, it, it was for everyone. Everyone was a leader on the defense team in my eyes. I, I seen no one that was just quiet, flat out. They was gonna tell you how it was. They was gonna help you get better. It was just defense was just. Defense last year was the best experience, the best team, the best everything. Like I just felt it was a super team to me because I've never been on a team where everyone was a leader and everyone was a, you know, a great player. Like it was just great. Absolutely, and y'all have a so much coming back this year with you and and then KJ and and Ryan and then we even we've interviewed Myron who came in from. Uh, blunt. blunt. Um, do you feel like y'all have what it takes to go back to back, and maybe even you know not to look ahead too much? I know too much. I know it's one game at a time, but to even possibly go undefeated. Oh yes, sir. Because I, I feel like uh, we haven't been comfortable. We ever practiced. We didn't had this all week. We've been uh, going hard. Uh, defense been looking great. Offense been looking great. So. I feel like if we just keep doing what we're doing and stay, stay uncomfortable, we definitely have what it takes to go undefeated even when we stay again. So let's jump ahead to, like, coming into this year. What is going to be the biggest difference of this year's team compared to last year's team? The biggest difference is going is to be that we're going to stay hungry. We're not going to uh, – we're not going to take no break. We're going to go – I feel like we're going to go undefeated. We're gonna stay hungry and stay one, wanting that blue map, that uh, semifinals trophy. We're gonna want everything. And for you personally, coming into your junior year, what are you wanting? What What do you feel like are your strengths that you do these things very well? And then also, second part, what are the things that you're working on that you maybe not weaknesses, but that you need to get? You feel like you need to get better, and that you're working on. I feel like I feel like that I. Uh, definitely have a great get off, uh, from from the ball, and straight strength. Uh, I mean, great strength with uh, coming off the ball. But I feel like I have to work on my pad level, and I definitely be, been working on that uh this off season. So hopefully, uh, first game I'll be uh prepared and ready for uh. For, I'll be prepared and ready to to see. How my pad level go, but nine times out of ten it'll be uh it'll be fixed. That's awesome. So I I actually just saw y'all are supposed to be playing the first game of the season like a powerhouse from Tennessee. Outside of them, do you think is there anybody in six A? 
I know Theodore was a big competition last year, but is there anybody in 6A do you think that can stop y'all? Honestly, I don't. Hey, I love the honesty. <laughs> I can't say I disagree. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I absolutely 100% agree with that. With everybody y'all have coming back, and like you said, last year. I mean, year, we have the same team. I, I mean, we we haven't lost really anybody. So, we're, we're just getting bigger and stronger. We 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 are getting more mature. We learning the game more. So, and with us not losing nobody, it's just a double win. So, yeah, I feel like it's just I feel like we I don't, I don't think nobody's stopping us. And what do you think about Myron coming in? You know, obviously he's going to be teaming up with Ryan Williams. We know what Ryan can do. What do you What have you seen from Myron, and how do you think he's going to be able to help that offense? Oh, I feel like he's gonna be. He's very versatile. Uh, he was he was a punter at uh at Blunt, and I, I did not know it was him. He he's a punter. He's a he can be a safety. I mean a DB. He can be a wide receiver. I feel I feel like he's just wherever you put him. He's a he's a he's a he's gonna learn wherever you put Myron. He's gonna learn how to play that position. Myron is very inspiring. He never uh let down his teammates. He's just he's just a great guy. So I feel like with him coming on and add him adding on to the roster for sale and it's gonna bring a lot of good energy and a lot of and and a lot more talent. So Yeah, you were just talking about y'all more mature. I don't think we've ever seen anything like you know, last year's Saraland team, literally all your really your top dogs were like sophomores and juniors. So when you say y'all haven't really lost a lot, I definitely can see, you know, what you're talking about. And we are so excited to watch y'all next year. Let's get into your recruitment because we don't want to keep you too long. Let's get into how your recruiting is going. So how would you say your recruiting is going so far this year? Has it really started to pick up since y'all did win state in this sophomore year? Oh, yes, man. It, it actually picked up uh, tremendously uh, around like two months after uh, winning state. Uh, but right now, as far as right now, it's been it's been actually going good. Uh, hopefully, I'll be seeing uh, more teams, and especially September 1st when I'm a junior, uh, I'll be able to take uh, official visits. Okay, so your junior year is when they allow you to start taking uh, official visits to these schools? Yeah, yeah. So what? When is the first year? Obviously, you're only a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry, our dog's going crazy. So you're hold up, you're a sophomore. When did you start getting looked at? Oh, uh, when I started getting looked at, uh, I want to say. The first, hmm, this, that's a good question. Uh, the first, I start, I think I started to look looked at like during the season, uh, after that Spanish four game. That Spanish four game was one of my best games I ever had. I had the most tackles at Spanish four game. Most most tackles for, I mean, I had the most tackles for loss in my career. So I feel like that game definitely bought me a lot of uh, a lot of lightning. And who was the first team to offer you? First team was offered me was uh, Austin P. A great program. Uh, yeah, that was, that was the first team to offer me. 
And I know you, you've made it up to several offers now. I believe Tennessee and Alabama has officially offered you, haven't they? Yes, sir. Yeah, and I saw NC State just offers you, offered you. So what what is it like knowing that all your hard work that you're putting in is really starting to get noticed? Say it again. What is I'm it sorry. like? No, you're good. Now that you're up to, I think it was like eight or nine D1 offers. What is it like knowing that all your hard work that you put in in the off season and last year is really starting to pay, you know, to get noticed? I mean, I mean, it's great. Uh, I just feel like I got to stay humble and stay hungry because you don't want to uh, get lazy just because you have to accomplish some of, some of your goals, right? So, yeah, I just feel like if I stay uh, hungry, I'll get even more and continue to progress and continue to get better as a player. So, like Stephen said, Tennessee and Alabama offered you. Can you talk to us about, you know, each one of those schools and what you think you could bring to their programs? Uh, I feel like for Alabama, uh, I can bring a lot of uh, strength in the middle uh, for running. Uh, I feel like I have to work on my pass rush for Alabama. But for Tennessee, I feel like I can bring – uh, strength and lock hold down in the middle for both teams for uh, for the running game. As far as so, like you said, you're going to be a junior this coming up year. Is there? Do you have a top three right now, or you're just taking it as the offers come in, and you're just pl- going with the flow? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with the flow. Uh, I definitely don't have a top three yet, but hopefully uh, they'll be up there soon. I'm looking for. To commit before the season, actually. Oh, you're looking to commit before your junior season? Yes, sir, but I don't know what school I will commit to. Oh, heck yeah, definitely. That's yeah, awesome, dude. Yeah, we'll be looking out for that. Now, do you want to commit early just to kind of, you know, we've never been recruited, obviously, so I don't know if, like, recruitment kind of dies down and it's not as stressful once you commit. I know schools will still recruit you, trying to get you to flip, but mm-hmm. what's the reasoning for wanting to commit so early? Uh, this is this is where your heart is, I guess. Uh, you know, this just the, the schools that you've been, the school that you've been growing up watching. I guess it's just in the bet in the in the program that that you feel best suits you. So, I feel like if you commit early, uh, you get to know the coach, you get to uh, know more things about the facility. So when you come up there as a freshman. Uh, you don't be like so lost in like what they got going on. You, like, you you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely get what you're saying. So let, let's get yeah, into sir. it. Let's get into some fun questions. So you're the first. We've interviewed a bunch of receivers. You're the first defense alignment. What is it like playing D lineman? Just to physically manhandle somebody. What is, can you tell us a couple things that you love about playing D line? I mean, I love. If I had a bad day, uh, before the game or something, I come and I can take all my anger out legally on the <laughs> offensive lineman. So I love uh, seeing like how strong I, I am. Like when I push back the old lineman, uh, I love. I definitely love uh, TFL. Is just because like you know you finna celebrate. It's just the the crowd, everything. I love and I definitely love being in the middle and helping out my linebackers. Because, because they. Hello. Yeah, you there? You there, buddy? Oh yeah. 
But like I was saying, I definitely love having on my linebacker. Uh, fill out the gap. Absolutely. And would you, do you like – so would you say you're all about – you would love you love taking on double teams so that it frees up your linebackers, or would you rather be like the one hitting a running back at the in, in the hole? Uh, double – I mean, I like both. Uh, double teams, it tells me that uh, – Hey, the line one of the either one of the linebackers open or either one of the defensive uh tackles got a one on one and they can make a play. Or if it's just one on one, you tell me, hey, I gotta dominate this guy and get to the backfield so I can stop the play from developing. And would you rather so play on the D line, obviously you get to hit somebody every single play, like you said, if you had a bad day, it's a great way to take that anger out. Would you rather would you rather absolutely dominate the man in front of you and just put him on his butt? Or sack the quarterback? Mm, I'd rather sack the quarterback. I mean, they get the they get the crowd hype. They get the it stops the play. Another down. So, yeah, I'd rather sack the quarterback. Get the clock running. Oh, yeah. No extra time. So, yeah, sacking the quarterback is, is two times better. Right, another fun one. Would you rather have a pick six or strip mm. sack the quarterback for a touchdown? <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that because this year against Rotunka, uh, Demi Bird and Isaiah Bowie, they strip sacked the uh, quarterback. And I picked it up for like a 35-yard uh, touchdown. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So you'd rather have a strip sack for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Let's go. That's awesome. I didn't know if you, being a D lineman, you wanted to flash your hands and get a little pick six and take it back to the house. So being a D lineman, you know, that's all about strength. That's all about bulk. Tell us some of your favorite spots to eat. What's your favorite food? What's my oh wings? I love wings. Uh, so you're uh, you like beat ups? Uh, chicken, Mr. Tins, you know, Prince Alabama, uh, what fucking, you know, in Daphne. That's that's a that's a great place to eat. I need to check that place. I like wings. I love wings. Um, I you know I live in Mobile. I don't ever get over to Daphne, but you I def- go to what's clucking? Uh-huh. You go to what's cluck, get the what's clucking fries and get the uh, honey lemon pepper wings. You won't regret it. So it's called what's clucking. Yeah, sir. Yeah, I've, I've heard about I've that. I've heard, heard the, of that. I heard the fries are incredible. I have heard about that. So, who do you model? What player would you say you model your game after? Is it an Aaron Donald? Is it a, a Deron Payne? What player do you model your game after? Chris Jones, most definitely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, he is—he's a beast, man. I mean, he is—he yeah, holds up the middle so great. Yeah, and the thing about Chris Jones is, being a D tackle, he's not just a run stuffer. He's an incredible. He puts so much pressure on the quarterback, and you know that's a great player to model your game after. Do you have a favorite NFL player besides Chris Jones, or a favorite NFL team? Uh, is—I don't really watch uh the NFL, but. Chris Jones is one of my favorite players, so I'll look him up on YouTube and I'll watch his highlights or either Quentin Williams. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Quentin Williams, stud, went to Alabama. This is the last question we got, and then we'll let you go, man. If you could sack any player, it could be in the world. It could be Patrick Mahomes. It could be K.J. Lacey. It could be Bryce Young. It could be anybody. If you could sack any player in the country, who would it be? KJ Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so they probably don't let you hit him in practice. Uh, nah, they don't. Nah, you <laughs> can't. You, you, they, they probably put like hula hoops around y'all with poles attached to them. You can't come within ten feet. Yeah, you'd get you'd get kicked I'll out of practice for that. Antonio, he man, so much. 
He talks so much because he knows he can't hit him. What what is that? What is that about about quarterbacks that pop? Where they got? They, I'm sure he wears a different color jersey or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Tell him to take the jersey off, and we'll see. Antonio, man, we appreciate it so much you joining us, yeah. taking up time. I know you're at a ball so game. We'll let you go, man. We really appreciate it. Can you tell everybody listening where they can follow you, either on Twitter or Instagram? Hey, uh, follow. They can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my at is Honeski with uh, six eyes and one underscore. And on TikTok, you can follow me. At, let me check it real quick. I'm sorry. No, you good, man. Hey, I don't even know my own. Off <laughs> my head. You can follow me on TikTok at that boy Tony ninety five. All right, man. We appreciate it. Everybody, this is Antonio Coleman, defensive lineman for Sarah Land. We really appreciate him joining us for this great interview. Stick around. We're going to hit on a couple NFL draft highlights coming up. We are back. I want to take a second. Thank Antonio Coleman, man. What a great interview. Yeah. Great guy. That was awesome. Great personality. That was really awesome. Future's bright for him. But let's hit on a little hot topic. Kind of just broke. We're recording this May the 5th. May the 5th. So this broke Cinco yesterday. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. I'm having, some... I'm having tacos when I get home. That's good, man. That's good. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you having? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> I think I'm going to my mother-in-law's. Go buy some tacos. All right, here we go. Alabama baseball coach Brad, Brad Bohannon fired amid investigation into betting on games. Steven, how stupid can you be? Yeah, I don't know. What are you thinking? And, and really, so the news broke that Ohio had been, or all their betting places had been informed, do not accept bets on Alabama baseball games. And so that's what kind of started it all. Then uh, it was like a day or two later, not long after, all of a sudden Alabama's head baseball coach, Brad Bohannon, who's been there since 2016, I believe, has was fired amongst an investigation. There, there's still not tons of details out, but basically what they're saying is he's been, I think he not specifically him betted on, maybe he informed somebody of information and then had somebody on his behalf or kind of maybe thrown in as a, I mean, like a partner or something, you know, that they were betting on the LSU and Alabama game, but also maybe other games in the past. Um, still waiting on more details to come out, but yeah, just stupid. Stupid. Absolutely. Yeah. Very stupid. I mean, you're a head baseball coach at a top program in the country. And, and You're not hurting for money. There's no reason to do that. Yeah, and I think from the little information we have is that maybe he had a guy betting and then they were going to – I just saw it was his high school coach. Yeah, so they were going to uh, throw in together. And I don't know, maybe his high school coach is down on his luck and he's trying to help him out. But So Alabama had their ace pitcher – so LSU is like, oh, they're ranked number one in the country. They're yeah, one of the top. They're one of the top schools. One top schools. I think they might be ranked number one right now in the country in baseball. Alabama had their ace pitcher scheduled to start, and then the coach switched it like an hour before the game to some other guy who I mean isn't their ace. 
So obviously that's kind of fishy, but you know, we'll, we'll release more details as it comes about comes out, but just absolutely stupid. And speaking of gambling, Jamison Williams, former Alabama receiver who Alabama missed this year, but he was a rookie last year. Um, didn't play much because of injury. He is will miss more games this year, suspended for the first six games of the season for gambling. But it's not what you think. No. What's the catch, Heath? The catch is, and I got to really stick up for Jameson here. This is really dumb. The catch is, it's not that he gambled or what he bet on. <clears throat> he did it inside the Lions facility, the Detroit Lions facility. Yeah. If he would have went to his house and did it, it wouldn't have, nothing would have happened to him. Yeah. So to me, that's just pretty stupid. He didn't. I, that doesn't make sense. He didn't know that he wasn't allowed to do it at the facility. There were some other guys on the Lions that got kicked off the team because theirs were more maybe betting on NFL games. I can't remember. Um, there was some other guys involved, yeah. but yeah, all of what he he bet on college games, but it was the fact that he was inside their facilities. It's crazy. So if he's sitting in the parking lot in his car, I'm guessing he's safe. I don't. It, it's crazy. That makes – I mean, I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but betting on college – not even your own sport. I mean, not even your own level of sport. College games you're betting on, and he did it. He suspended six games all for betting in, inside the facility. Deshaun Watson gets only 11 games for all the crap he did, and we're going to suspend these guys six games for – Doing it inside of the – I mean, let's be honest. Worst things happen inside those facilities and I imagine. betting on college games, but that's a little nuts. So let's roll into the NFL draft. That happened last – NFL draft happened this past weekend. So, Stephen, let's talk about some teams, some surprises in the NFL draft. And I'll go first. I got a surprise. It's the Houston Texans. They had the second pick in the draft, and I think we did a little mock draft and – I think you had him taking CJ. I had him taking Will Anderson. Here's the catch. They took both of those guys. With the second pick in the draft, the Texans took CJ Stroud. The Cardinals had the third pick, and both of us said that we thought they had traded that pick. They did trade it. They traded it to the Texans. So the Texans get two cornerstone franchise players on both sides of the ball, Will Anderson and CJ Stroud, both studs. But the Texans gave up. Next year's first round pick. And I don't believe the Texans are going to be very good. So the Cardinals could potentially, because Kyler Murray's not playing next year because he's got ACL, tore his ACL. The Cardinals could potentially have two top five picks in next year's draft. Yeah. Um, so I got the I got the first three picks correct as far as the order of players. I just didn't did. get who no, they went I'll, to. I'll give you that. Uh, I did get see. I said you know a lot. I of, said CJ before. A lot, said, no, a I, lot leading up to the draft said the. Um, I got the top three too. Texans. I just had no. them in different order. I had CJ going three to the Titans. Oh, you yeah, thought the Titans were going to trade up? I had Will going to yeah. Yeah, a lot of people. You know, there was a lot of smoke, noise leading up that the Texans weren't going to draft a quarterback at yeah, two. They got me. I thought that was just a smoke scream. But, you know, it was, it was a it was a good draft, fun. You know, it's always fun when the draft. But what surprised me the most was Will Levis. I, mean, I thought he was going to fall. I didn't think he would make it out of the first round. I didn't think he would. I thought the Bucks would get him, in and, in, in, you know, toward the end of the first round. Um, 
they need a quarterback. I, th- I thought for sure the Bucks would get him. He goes 33rd, second pick of the second round to the Titans, which I think is a good fit for him, you know. Yeah, city year. Yeah, city year. Just And then when you start, hand the ball off. They like to run the ball. Um, I was surprised that Jameer Gibbs went as high as he did. Shocked. Um, not because of talent. I mean, I think just it's just that running back's not a very valued um, position in today's NFL because we saw last year with you can get running backs in later rounds and still be very successful. I was surprised. For one, at first, you know, they had DeAndre Swift and Montgomery, but then Swift Trade got him. traded to the Eagles. So, I mean, he's going to be a huge part of that offense. That was one of the best offenses in the NFL last year. Yeah, he's going to be a big part. Yeah. I would say another. I have Will Levis as well. I'm not going to hit on him. Brian Branch falling to like 40-something. That was a surprise to me. I, we're not being Bama homers, but. Lions again got him. Lions, very good pick. Lions, man. Be sleepy NFC contenders. But, yeah, that was surprising because pretty much every mock draft had him going in the first round. So, for him to fall to mid-second round was very surprising. Let's go to the steals of the draft, Steven. And I'll let you hit on that first one because I think I know where you're going with this one. Steals of the draft. Steals of the draft. I'm going to say, and this kind of is part of my, goes along with what team had the best draft, but uh, I'll just say it real quick. It's hard to say a number nine pick is a steal, you know, but when the number nine pick is considered by a lot of people to be top overall talent, and for sure top two or three talent in the draft, and Jalen Carter, that's a steal. Um, but getting Keely Ringo in the fourth round out of Georgia, um, I like, you know, he was one of my sleeper picks before the draft. I like Tank's, Tank Bigsby. Going to the Jaguars in the trying to remember, there's so many guys to keep up with. I want to say it was a third or fourth round that Tank Bigsby running back out of Auburn. Where'd he go? To the Jags. Oh, that's a good. Pick. So he'll be behind Travis Etienne. Yeah. You know, he won't be the main guy. Travis Etienne is kind of a speed guy. You know, got a little power. Tank Bigsby's more of a uh, you know straight ahead runner. Yeah. But I think it's a good. I think it's he's a sleeper. I think he could do very well as a. As a rookie, I thought I think he's a steal, absolutely. Steals of the draft. I'm going two. I got two receivers. Jordan Addison going to the Vikings to pair him with Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison going into his sophomore season. A lot of people say he's going to be the first one of the top picks. No, I got three steals of the draft. So Jordan Addison going to the Vikings, steal for them. Cedric Tillman going to the Browns. I believe that's where he went. Still, still one of the steals of the draft. And I will say the biggest steal of the draft, he was one of your guys that you thought was going to be a sleeper. The New England Patriots getting Kayshawn Boutte in the sixth round. Going into last year, and Stephen said it great last week, going into, you know, Going into this past year, he was projected to be a lock first-round pick, one of the best receivers in the draft. And for him to fall all the way to the sixth spot, because I think I think he had some uh, off-the-field questions. That's probably why he fell. So, for him going to the sixth round, great, great pickup by the Patriots, who the Patriots just had another terrible, I think, a very a not, a, not a great draft. And they got Christian Gonzalez, who's top ten projected, got him at 17. So That's part of their – Good pick. Yeah, that's the only. I mean, they, they drafted a punter and a kicker. They traded up to draft a punter. Punter, traded 
up. And we kind of both hit on this one. Best by far, which team had the best draft? Eagles. It's yeah. It's for not, me. For me, it's the Eagles. Yeah, it's not even. A, you know, and it's Jalen Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Carter at ninth. A lot of concern about his off the field issues, mentality, his maturity. Can he, you know, maintain that hard, you know, work ethic? I think that was probably the that's got that's the best team to go to, not because not not necessarily because of the team itself. Not that it's a bad team, but because who else is there? His teammate from last year, Nicobe Dean. His teammate, uh, what's the big Jordan Davis? His teammate Nolan Smith. So there are guys that he's going to be with that he already has a relationship with that he played with in college that they're going to be able to be, you know, his big brothers and kind of be like, hey, dude, you know, this is going to be what it takes to be successful in this league. Then the Eagles also – was also the first round they tra- – and with their second pick, they got Nolan Smith out of Georgia, who I think was a good pick. He, he didn't late have to be – Late in the first round. Yeah, late in the first round. He didn't have to be a star. They still have some guys there. Like both of these guys, Carter and Nolan Smith, might not start right out the gate, but they offer great depth. Um, and then getting Keely Ringo, cornerback out of Georgia, big physical cornerback. Oh, great pick. Great pick and didn't get drafted, but they traded for DeAndre Swift. So the Lions picked Gibbs. Everybody's wondering, what are you doing? They trade Gibbs to the Eagle – or they trade, excuse me, Smith um, to the Eagles. And I think that's a great fit because they lost Miles Sanders in the offseason, get in Swift. His problem has been staying healthy. It's not about his talent. Yeah, no, I, th- I I do think that that was probably, you know, definitely the team. I'll say a couple teams, Texans, I like what they did. Two cornerstone franchise players, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and then the Cardinals, and this is for David Murphy, Big Valley Sports, shout out, podcast, great stuff, go listen to him. The Cardinals getting that, getting Tex- the Texans next year's pick, 2024, it could be huge. It could – so a lot of mock drafts have it projected – then for them to pick one and two, a lot of them have them picking Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. That would be nasty. That would be sick, dude. They could trade Kyler Murray, probably get a second or first round pick. Uh, potentially have three. I don't think they get a first round I for Kyler. I mean, I think pick, I wouldn't be surprised like if somebody, somebody give a first round. Yeah. Nah, I wouldn't. What give they gave up for Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. Maybe a second round pick. I wouldn't give a third round and a pack of bubble gum for Kyler uh, Murray. <laughs> I agree. I'm not a big Calvary fan, but I, I'm not going to disrespect the guy. I just don't think first round. Who had the uh, – we don't have it on here. Who who do you think, just off the top of your head, who had the worst worst draft, do you think? I'm going Jets. Uh, man, I uh, – they, they, they reach for a pass rusher that they don't need in the first round for their first pick, and the rest were like other guys. You know, they didn't – I think they had the worst. Yeah. Plus, who they gave up for Aaron, they didn't have tons of picks to begin uh, with. I, I'm not sure what the Falcons are doing either. And not, I love B. John Robinson. I say he's probably one of the best players in this draft. But the draft are running back that high. You normally do that when you think your team's ready to compete for a Super Bowl. The Lions clearly think they have a team that can compete for a title and everything. I just think they believe that. The Falcons, I'm not sure what you're doing. You got Two years ago, you got Kyle Pitts. Last year, you drafted Drake London. This year, you drafted B. John Robinson. And your quarterback is who? Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. You're not winning nothing. Yeah, I don't agree. I don't like that pick because 
with the, the guys they had last year, Cordero Patterson and I forget the other kid's name. He was undrafted. They were one of the top rushing teams in the NFL. That what they need. I mean, if you're going to have Ritter as your quarterback, even at eight, you could have traded back maybe a few spots if somebody wanted to trade with you. You could you know get some receivers or something to help out Ritter. I don't know, but I think yeah, I would say the Jets had the had the worst. So it's great draft weekend. That's about it for this episode, man. We really appreciate Antonio Coleman. Great interview. Next week, next episode, Cameron Pruitt. Cameron Pruitt, four-star safety, Theodore. going into his senior year at Theodore. Big-time recruit. We interviewed him. We've already interviewed him. Great, great interview. These ne- these two episodes are going to be really good. We're yeah. super excited. But so next week, don't forget to follow us on social media. Check us out on social media. Maybe not read the comments. A lot of people share, are mean. Yeah, just crazy. <laughs> share, Thank share you. the, share this episode. Share the next episode. Share us on Spotify. We really appreciate it. Until next episode, see ya. See ya.